another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, which means that Tuesday night I was in Philadelphia watching Washington's 27-17 loss to the Eagles. It was the Garrett Gilbert start none of us imagined we would see. It was a defense that had been improving in recent weeks, getting run over by the Eagles, who admittedly are, you know, the, the Eagles lead the NFL in rushing. They showed why in that performance. In addition to to that, Jalen Hurts uh, was highly efficient at quarterback for the Eagles, and Washington's defense had no real answer for any of it. And even though Garrett Gilbert, you know, limited the upside for the offense, I think he did a reasonable job, all things considered. Uh, so I'm going to discuss all that and more, plus Ron Rivera's comments today on Wednesday. He's about to speak in a few minutes. I'm going to talk about what he has to say with our friend Scott Jackson, of course, host of the Washington football team post-game show and longtime radio voice in this town. We'll get into what we thought about the game. Uh, can we even? How much can we even take away from a game in which going in we knew there were an insane amount of questions about the scenario because of the COVID outbreak with 26 players for Washington at some point being on the list. That number got cut in half by game time, but regardless, a lot of guys missed practice time. Who knows if everybody was how, you know, how everybody was feeling physically uh, and so on. Uh, And there were a bunch of guys out with injuries and more guys got hurt during the game. The secondary was absolutely crazy group of players at cornerback because William Jackson went out on top of Kendall Fuller already being out. So we'll get into all that and more, and we'll look ahead. There's a quick turnaround here for the Dallas week, so we'll do all that here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on Spotify or iTunes or listen to it on the Athletic app or really anywhere you do your podcasting. And, of course, make sure you check out what I did over on the Athletic, uh, my postgame story. I mentioned Steve Spurrier. I spoke to, yes, the old ball coach, former Washington football, Washington Redskins head coach. He, as I said, Coach Garrett Gilbert, we talked before the game about that and sort of wrote the story through the prism of the the Garrett Gilbert experience because, once again, Washington has a quarterback situation that is just random and odd and ultimately something that we all know they've got to resolve one way or the other. This week, they just had to plug in a guy who only showed up here on Friday to start a game on Tuesday. And he was lucky to have the extra couple days because of the postponement just to even get in a little bit of extra work. I thought Garrett Gilbert did some reasonable things. We'll talk to Scott about that. Um, and as I said, I'm just kind of waiting here for a few minutes before Ron Rivera talks. Uh, it gives me a chance to sort of unwind for a second. It's been a it's been a wild ride. You know, I, I appreciate the fact that you guys are listening to this podcast to hear me talk about the football team, but, you know, hopefully it's a little bit about, you know, kind of what's my view of covering this team. And um, I originally my plan for my work week was go up Sunday, come back, do the usual thing. But Wednesday morning from nine to 12, I was going to be co-hosting the um, the show on uh, the Team 980 in town with my my friend Britt Giroli, who does a great job covering uh, Major League Baseball for the Athletic. We've been doing some shows over on 106.7. Now we're going to do the morning shift on 980. But then the game got postponed to Tuesday night, which meant if I was going to do both, I was probably going to have to drive back after the game, not get much sleep, and go to it. And I decided to to, to YOLO it uh, and, and do that. So when I mentioned this to somebody, somebody said, wait, so YOLO means you just didn't sleep much? Yes, that, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it right now. But, yeah, I drove up 
yesterday, and while I was driving up, I got a little bit of a late start, is when all the news starts to leak out a little bit about, hey, will Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen clear their uh, COVID test and be able to play in the game? Wait, Tim Settle's now available. Oh, he's going to be flying up. There's going to be a charter jet. They're, they're taking the, the Snyder's plane up from Washington to Philadelphia. The who who is who who is in who is out? I started hearing rumors about possible names going in and out. Eventually, we hear about that that neither Heineke or Allen were available. Ron Rivera said he found that about two two thirty. Um, ultimately, it was Tim Settle, Samus Reyes, and Troy Apke cleared and flown up. Which is weird though, because Settle and Reyes were then inactive for the game. Reyes is dealing with a concussion, and Settle was just inactive. Yet Troy Apke was was available, and I, I, I we did a stock up, stock down today on the radio. What I did with Britt and stock down, I said private jet usage. Like no offense to Troy Apke, but if you're going to go have this old big drama, and it could have been quite the story. If here comes the cavalry, it's either Heineke or Allen available. That's a bit that that that's a story that everybody is leading with. Instead. It's the guy who is kind of the you know the the the, the punching bag for fans because of his, his struggles in the defensive secondary. So it's like kind of a, such a a story letdown. Obviously, it's great for the individuals, but a story, a bit of a story letdown that that's how that unfolded. So I was dealing with that while driving up to the game. I actually had to pull off on the road a couple of times during the drive once to actually talk to Superior and once to deal with all this uncertainty of what was going on uh, somebody with the team described it as a roller coaster of a day to say the least I can I can imagine get to the game watch the game the game goes relatively I mean the game itself had its ups and downs which Scott and I'll discuss but relatively you know uh, uneventful we do the post game I I write my story d- uh, deal with my editor get in the car drive back it's raining the whole way that, that that slowed it up a bit I definitely was getting tired and feeling it got home uh, sometime around 3.30 or so, couldn't immediately fall asleep, eventually crashed for a couple hours, woke up, got dressed, drove in to the stu- studio. While driving in, I actually went on Kevin Sheehan's show because I always talk to Kevin the day after the game. So I did 20 minutes with him, then got to the show, did the three-hour show, have now driven home, waiting for Ron Rivera, recording this podcast, and then at some point here, I may decide to go to sleep. I don't tell you all this to say, woe is me. Hell no. This is a fun experience, and I really, you know, so grateful to have the, these opportunities. I think, you know, it's been it's been a lot of years of, 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 of the grind, but it's fun to be able to do these things. Nonetheless, I'm tired, and we can all appreciate, I think, being tired. But, of course, when you're covering a team that is dealing with as many issues as the, as the Washington football team, as me being tired doesn't sort of compare when you have, you know, as I said, up to 26 players have been out at various points uh, because of this COVID situation, the, Brandon Scherf was the was the, was the latest one uh, to go out, and they obviously missed him. Uh, I, I think in that game last night, just looking at some of the basic raw numbers, I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game yet. But just looking at some of the raw information, you know, I mean, Philadelphia did a really good job of pressuring Washington up the middle. Uh, Fletcher Cox was definitely a force uh, for the Eagles. Uh, in fact, if you look at next gen stats, uh, they had stats this morning that the Eagles generated a season high 51.5% team pressure rate uh, with, with Fletcher Cox and Jason Hargrave each generating seven pressures as interior defensive linemen. They were the first teammates to do that in a game 
since 2016. And you could kind of feel it. Uh, Gary Gilbert, you know, I get it. You know, maybe his pocket awareness wasn't perfect or ideal, but nonetheless, he um, wasn't getting a ton of help. You also had, of course, the fourth string center, Keith Ismail, in there as well. And, uh, you know, again, Gary Gilbert, new guy. Uh, well, what can you... I think he did fine. I'll be curious to hear, hear what Scott thinks. I think by expectations, he did a reasonable job, but obviously that's not good enough. They're, they're, having now lost two in a row, Washington's chances of making the postseason have dropped dramatically, especially since the Saints, the Vikings, and of course the Eagles all won their games. They're all 7-7. Seven and seven. Washington's now 6-8. and eight. Realistically, they probably have to win their last three to get in. Um, but all that said, I'm, I'm going to fight through this. We're going to hear from Ron Rivera in a minute. At least I will. I'll tell you what he said. I'll talk about it with Scott Jackson. We'll talk about the game and where this team is and a whole bunch of categories. We'll get to all that in just a moment uh, here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. As promised, joining me here on the podcast. You know that you know him from years of being one of the go-to Local voices in radio. He is now the postgame host for the Washington football team broadcast. He is the great Scott Jackson. And Scott, we just got done. Well, I got done talking around Rivera. You got done listening to it. Um, you know, we'll get to the game in and of itself in a second. Although, honestly, the game almost feels secondary at this point. But yeah. um, I think I thought Ron Rivera, I don't know. I was, the, the, these Monday things, I'm always like gauging his mood. I think he seemed to be in a pretty reasonable mood. And honestly, he was he admitted he'd be really disappointed if they don't end up making the playoffs. And right now, the odds are against it. But I almost I, I'm curious what you think. My my first takeaway was he seemed to be a guy who was like, "What are we supposed to do? We were close with the guy we a quarterback we signed ten seconds before the game, and we're missing people on defense. And you know, what are we going to do? But yeah. we got to do better. That that was my basic takeaway in Ron Rivera's mood the day after. What what do you think? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing um, that he was, you know, he was like, okay, this sucks that we lost, but here we go. You know, what are we going to do about it? Um, let's just, let's just, we got to play these teams again. I mean, we're playing, well, we played Philadelphia in two weeks. We're playing Dallas in a matter of days. So it's kind of like the day, I think usually when you have that Monday or if you're playing on a Monday night, you have that Tuesday to kind of still kind of stay in the moment of the game and the stuff that ticked you off. You really, with a with a Tuesday night game, Ben, you don't have time for any of that. I mean, I know they get the players the day off today. Uh, so basically, they have Thursday, Friday walkthroughs. Saturday, they got to catch a plane. Um, so I, I think that's part of it, too. And maybe if the schedule was different and say they had, I don't know, like just some random teams, right, at the end of the season. Say it was backloaded. Like, say the schedule was like it was in the beginning of the season. Say they were ending with you know, the, the chargers and the giants and then Buffalo, right. But then maybe he would felt different today, you know, because he didn't have three division games in front of him, two teams that he can still, um, you know, well, the Dallas, you can't catch them, but anyway, you know, it's, but it's still an important game. No, no, no matter how you look at it. And, you know, I, I think that's probably part of it. It's all those things together. And yeah. And I think, yeah, we had a quarterback who was literally in the building for a few days <laughs> play last night and had you down by a field goal in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, it, you know, and I know it's still about winning and all that good stuff, but that that's really, you got to just take the step back and say that. And, you know, a team is, as you and I have discussed many times has now played, you know, four quarterbacks in four, you know, each season that Ron Rivera's been here. And granted, two of them are repeat guys and Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, but that's not a formula for winning. I mean, if you're starting four quarterbacks a season, 
um, you're probably you're probably not making the playoffs. Yeah, no that 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 is a huge problem. I I in my story that I wrote for the Athletic last night at the game, like I wrote it sort of on the angle of they signed this random quarterback, but I reached out to Steve Spurrier, who was his coach yeah. in the Alliance, whatever Alliance of American Football or whatever, and yeah. I had never talked to Spurrier before, and he, you know, we we talked, and you know, he sounds exactly like we 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 anticipate that you know the the you know the the, the, the twang and, and all that stuff and the and, and sort of the you can just tell the guy's living his best life and all that stuff and so he's like yeah you know gonna watch the game gonna see you know gary you know i know he <laughs> you know he's had some times like well you know yeah i mean you know they sent him on friday he's like yeah yeah friday wait wait friday they, they picked him up this friday and like the level <laughs> is, is level of like what he's starting after that and it was like yeah, well yeah. you know awesome. gotta gotta go do it um so yeah, I mean, and and maybe I feel like I'm talked out on on the Garrett Gilbert thing, and obviously people haven't yeah. hear, necessarily heard me here on this podcast, but I was doing the, I was, I was further trying to copy your life and doing some of the radio today. Yeah. Don't do and, that, and um, <laughs> you know, and things like that. And look, I mean, I don't even know what you know. People are calling up and complaining. I'm sure they did that to you last night. Oh yeah, about the quarterback. So and I'm like, well, what night. do you what do you kind of even want from them? I mean, yeah. same thing with like Heineke. I mean, as much as like we all discuss what he is or isn't the ceiling isn't very high and the floor right. is a bit too low and that's just the reality that they're going to be in until something changes and then the question therefore becomes you know what's what's the change we don't have to discuss the quarterback thing but to the point of yeah. you know ron rivera where he's at i mean i i, I mean man you just gotta if you're him you just gotta be like what are we supposed to do here at some point i mean that's not an excuse he's got to win games if if they don't win out forget the playoffs if they don't win out yeah. this will be the eighth time in 11 seasons that a Ron Rivera coach team has finished under 500. And each year, I'm sure you can go through and say, well, this happened and that right, happened right. And, that, and we can do the same thing this year, but at some point you got to figure out how to get it done. He had Cam Newton, Carolina. He doesn't hear. I don't even know. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he feels resigned to this. I'm just sort of like, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even really, I guess it's, like, it's hard for me to sit here and go, well, come on, Ron, you got to do better. Yeah. I say he played a guy he signed up the street four days ago and half the roster was ravaged in some capacity by the COVID situation, uh, whatever. I, I can't, I can't sit here and go, what a disaster that game was last night, even though, I was, even though they had some issues. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people are circling back to what you said, you know, maybe they weren't on the Ron Rivera bandwagon with the hire and all that stuff, but look, no coach over the last two years has had to deal with more stuff, you know, personal stuff, first of all, with the, with the cancer and just, things that are not on the coach's plate normally, right? With all the things that have been with this franchise. He was hired here to be a, a um, you know, changer of culture. And I know sometimes people think that's overused. I think he's done that. I, I mean, look, I've seen so many of these kind of games last night when you're down and out, where the, whoever was playing, I mean, you know, they went through this with Gruden at the end. There wasn't nearly as much fight as this team had. And it was ugly. The defense played like crap. I get it. They got gutted. Um, but you know, they, they were still putting out effort, um, you know, out there at the end. I, I think we saw some of those late game seasons in years past where it didn't always look like that. These guys respond to him. I mean, you, again, you can quibble with a lot of things, whether they're personnel decisions or, you know, strategic things, but he, he's a leader. Uh, this franchise lacks a leader, uh, has lacked a leader for a long time. And the people they've had leading have been terrible. I mean, I look at where the Eagles are sitting right now. Just think about this, right? So Howie Roseman, imagine if he had the mindset of a Bruce Allen and said, you know what, Carson Wentz, F you. 
I'm not going to send you to Indianapolis because you were, you know, we're, we're not going to give you what you want. We're going to send you to, you know, the Detroit Lions or somewhere, right? And we're, we're going to take less for doing that instead of sending you where you want to go, which is with Frank Reich. Well, he didn't do that. He got the most value out of Carson Wentz that he possibly could in a trade. And now it's a number one. Bruce Allen wouldn't do that here. Was that because of him and the owner? I don't know. Or was it just a Bruce Allen pettiness thing? I have no idea. But all I know is it screwed the franchise out of getting max value to Kirk Cousins. I got nothing out of him except for a stupid conditional pick. And Trent Williams, same deal. Uh, didn't get enough out of him. And Ron Rivera to come in and clean up the second mess, obviously, prior to you know his first draft here. So th- those are the kind of things that you just look at and you're like, this isn't a normal job. I mean, we can sit here, he's, he, we can't really just say he's just a second year coach coming in here and, you know, he's a failure or he's a success because there's so much more in play here. And we all know that who paid attention. There's so many other dynamics to this franchise that the, the other 31 franchises don't deal with. And, it, it, it's, and it's, it's not a job for everybody. And I don't know if he can fix it perfectly or not. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where it feels like it's just a normal season where we can... <laughs> watch the games and and say hey yeah that's great you know there's nothing else going on here except for football but I think we all know that there's there's things that he's had to work through here that are just not normal so yeah if he falls again and they go eight and nine or if they don't win another game and everybody, oh my god look he's never you know never has winning records outside of those three seasons okay what are you gonna do gonna fire him you gonna start over I mean, what are we gonna do we're gonna chase him out of here and get the next shiny coach who's gonna look at the situation and go Pah! You got to be kidding me. They fired Ron Rivera after two years or, you know what I'm saying? So I I just kind of find it amusing that we get to this point where we kind of lose perspective of the reality of it. And I'm saying you and me, but I'm saying like some of the fan base, like it's just, you know, and they know what the problems are. We've all lived through it. I mean, there's just some things that are not going to be corrected. And I don't know if they ever will be corrected, quite frankly, um, or can be. Sure. By the way, while we were just talking, uh, the Eagles just announced that Nick Sirianni, their head coach, uh, is in the COVID protocol. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, you know, this is funny because you knew this was going to happen. Like every team's getting their waves of it, right? And getting past that the Chiefs are going through it. Now the Jets today. And for, for any of these fan bases or these or these players to be arrogant enough to like be mad at people, this is not a vaccine, non-vaccine thing anymore. I mean, this is everybody, right? I mean, the people that are doing the right things are, are coming away with this stuff right now. And these guys are in a tough spot because they're around so many people uh, you know, and they're out in the public, you know, they're not, you know, they're not all isolated, like, you know, some others of us, we can do that with our jobs. And, you know, I'm, I work at a million different places, and all of them have had major COVID issues right now, like people are out. I mean, I got people reaching out to me about doing shows because people are out with COVID, like, you know, and then there's, you know, there obviously what's, we weren't at the football uh, facility last night because of the COVID. So I mean, it's just, you know, it's, this is where we are right now. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, uh, no, no doubt. Um, to go, to go back though, to what you're saying and, you know, you've done the radio for, for, for a long time. And obviously you have to fill those hours and you do have to do it in an entertaining way. And that means you have to sort of pick some topics that will get people to sure. talk. My problem is this is why I probably could never do this job or do that job. Oh, you can. It's a, a trained monkey can do it. It's not <laughs> but like what I <laughs> what I mean is like for me and like you know you're you know you and I are wizards. Uh, always talk about the wizard, and yep. like anytime something would happen, people would just blame Ernie Grunfeld. And I would always yep. say, look, we can have this conversation or we can just get to the reality. Sure. The guy who was employing Ernie Grunfeld is who you should be yelling at. He's yeah. employing him for a reason. So until you just ask yourself that or get an answer on that. 
whatever it doesn't really matter okay same thing sort of sort of here i i i like i get it people like you know today people were upset with scott turner's play calling they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're mad that Antonio Gibson's always hurt. Jamin Davis, what's going on there? And these are reasonable topics. Sure, right? sure. Depending, I mean, ha- I mean, I don't think Scott right. Turner's a problem, but whatever. You can discuss these things. But what I said, what I wrote after they lost to Denver, the fourth loss in a row, I, I said it then. I stand by it now. Kevin Sheehan was giving me grief during the four-game winning streak that I was kind of writing the season off, but whatever. I think he agreed with me, but he's just having fun giving me grief. The point is, I said, all that matters is the owner – and the quarterback everything else is just noise because ultimately if you can't solve those two issues and as you said what are we what are we talking about we can't we can't just have a normal just football only season or conversation excuse me so the on the quarterback front look that's obviously a little bit easier to resolve even though it is really hard to find quarterbacks at any given moment in time apparently there's only about 15 humans on the planet who are apparently good enough no to maybe give you an opportunity to contend at that, you know, at the highest level because you have somebody good enough there at that position. Okay, there's that. The owner, obviously, look, whatever. We, we, we until the other owners get sick and tired of Dan Snyder, nothing's going to change. And right. so, to the point of all of this, I agree with you. I think Ron Rivera, he's raised the bar of competency around here. The bar was underneath the floor before. Yes, admittedly, it was. but yeah. you know, I, I agree. Like I keep saying, I always see the players buying into what he is selling based on my my how i view the situation they are close on these things and i get it close isn't enough it may close may right. keep them out of the playoffs but they there is something to be said for that i praised scott turner we did a stock up stock down thing today i gave scott scott turner credit as a stock up because yeah. my, how many times i keep changing the quarterback the offense is at least somewhat functional i mean it could right. always be better he's not just missing down the quarterback logan thomas is out jd mckissick is out Curtis Samuel's out. The running back, Antonio Gibson, has a toe issue with Ron Rivera said is basically a turf toe. He said it's comparable to what we had last year. That's obviously not great for a running back. No. Terry McLaurin had a concussion in the last game and was out, so who knows exactly where he was at this year. That's a lot to deal with. I think Scott Turner has done a reasonable job, all things considered, and a part of that is, you know, it falls under the Ron Rivera raising the bar. You're talking more about the culture stuff to a degree more than just the play calling, but I, I agree. It's but it is a bottom line business at the same time. And at the end of the day, plus they're the ones who always say no excuses, right? Yeah. We have COVID, we have injuries. It doesn't matter. We got a fair area of play. All right. Well, if I hold you to that standard, then it isn't enough. But if we're having real conversations about it, Rivera's done a pretty good job, all things considered. But at the same time, it's eight and 11 seasons that is a losing record. Yeah. And there is something to be said for oh, what's going on with that yeah i mean look i, I don't care what you do to caroline at this point i mean it, it's irrelevant it, what is he doing here is he making the situation here better did did anybody think when you know the last season uh, that we saw prior that this team was you know just a, a quick fix away from a super bowl i i didn't i mean i thought they needed no. a lot of things to get straight i think um obviously still need the quarterback i mean we're, we've been going through this forever it feels like well, you know well, let me ask you let me ask you this because yeah. i uh, i, I I was talking about this earlier today. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the quarterback aside, look, we, we all get it, right? Perfect world. They they trade for an Aaron Rodgers yep. or a Russell Wilson, or they draft a kid who is Mac Jones, right? Immediately right, right. to play. Okay, that's perfect world. The odds of that happening are not great. But the question is, what else can they be really good at? Because the reality is, in the, yeah. if, we, if we're just focusing on here, which I agree with you, they've been a mediocre team. Now, we can debate why they've been yeah. mediocre. Some of it is out of their control. Some isn't. 
they've been mediocre. What the, what's the thing that they can do that they become really good at, right? Philadelphia is running the ball down people's throat. They've gotten over 200 yards in multiple games. They're daring you to stop them. We see other teams have different strengths that are legitimate strengths. You, you are doing, the, you know, it's the Dan Patrick line with that left shrimp. You can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. Yeah. There's nothing on Washington that you have to worry about even just containing. We thought maybe the defense had a chance to be really good. That obviously didn't happen. So what's what's that thing that they can do? I know this is more of an offseason season but like, yeah, that's I mean, almost well, the thing. How, what do they do? Right. To, what's their thing if we if it's not just a quarterback? Well, it's got to be defense, and it's not right now. And um, you know, for, like I said, I think they had a good five six week stretch, uh, even prior to the win streak, they were playing better. But you know that you know it, it wasn't it hasn't been good enough, obviously. And they were gutted last night. They were awful uh last night you know you could say the running game you say you know those kind of things are fine you know but at the same time they don't have a guy who is a problem in terms of being a running threat and i know people want taylor heineke to be that guy but he's not and he's not built that way i mean just again he's never played that position he's not the player that say jalen hurts is and what's funny is you know jalen hurts was awesome last night but if you had watched his previous game (laughs) <laughs> you were like, wow, they might need to use one of those draft picks on a quarterback in Philadelphia, you know, because he was terrible uh, against the Giants. And we'll see, you know, in the rematch if he's better. Um, but he was great last time. He was so accurate. I mean, everything he did worked. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what they got to figure out still. I mean, they still got to get better in a lot of phases. I, I do think there's talent. Look, I mean, they've lost people, but they've been able to plug and play a lot of guys and have, have gotten better uh, at times. But, yeah, I mean, there's still – that gap. I mean, yeah, sure. Any given Sunday, you can come up and you can beat the Buccaneers. You know, you can, you can, uh, you know, you can play tough with, with, uh, you know, some of the best teams in the league, but you know, in, in terms of doing it over 17 game schedule, yeah, they're not, they're not built that way right now. Um, you know, you know, look, even, even the chiefs as great as they are, they, you know, there were several weeks where Pat Mahomes was very mediocre. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, who we're talking about as potentially getting traded for, who I, I like a lot, he can't get the ball to DK Metcalf for some reason. I mean, I don't know why, but he can't. Uh, biggest guy on the field, you know, most physical freak. The two of them have been all, not have been on the same page all year. I mean, you see these weird things that happen uh, in the league, but, you know, that's why you kind of marvel at uh, the ones that can consistent. But, I mean, even Tom Brady can get shot out on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, where the hell it was. I can't remember the days of the week now. Um, you know, it was Sunday Night Football. Yeah, it was a Sunday Night game. Look, so, I, I, I yeah. never know the day of the week anymore. The only yeah. thing that calibrates it for me is a game on Sunday, and now they yeah. kind of screwed that up yeah. for me. So I think yeah. it's Wednesday, but honestly, you could tell me anything I wouldn't yeah. know. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's – those are things you're – fair question to you look at going into the going into the offseason. I mean, they, they are just, you know, okay, right? You're Like you said, you're average at a lot of things, and they're not really jumping off the charts at anything. I mean, I thought we thought pass rush would be that area. Um, you know, John Allen's going to the Pro Bowl, and he should. Um, but you heard him last night. He was like, we were terrible, you know. It was an embarrassment. Yeah, and no, t- totally. And to the point of, like, what are the, what's their strength? Like, I said this earlier somewhere. I don't think it was on the intro that I just recorded, but who knows. Anyway, <laughs> think of it like this. Forget the quarterback for a second. Obviously, it would have yeah. been great if Taylor Heineke or Kyle could have played, but they couldn't, so it is what it is. Here are their other – If we were, if we said – going into the year or even like now who are Washington's best players, just purely best players mm-hmm. in some order, Terry McLaurin had a concussion in the last game, right. Antonio Gibson dealing with a turf toe issue after dealing with a shin injury earlier in the year that, that limited him. Um, I don't know if Logan Thomas is one of the five best players, probably not, right. but Logan Thomas Important is a player. piece of the offense. Yep. He's, he's out. Obviously McKissick's not one of the big five. 
he's on IR. On defense, Chase Young out for the year. A slow start, obviously, yeah. but out for the year. Montez Sweat just came back after missing several weeks with the jaw injury and then going on uh, the COVID the COVID list. Um, the uh, you know, uh, other than John Allen, who missed most of the well, and he doesn't even say that he missed most of the week of practice because mm-hmm. he was on the COVID list. Right. That's their best players. I'm not, I mean, point who am I? I'm not, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Probably not. That wasn't so like, like this is where they're at right now. So I'm not making excuses, but like, you know, if we're going to have discussions about where to go and what's the, what what to do and all that, Mm. you have to live in some level of reality. And the reality is that there's a lot, there's just been a lot of issues happening here. But again, to my other point, other teams have the same problems on some, in some capacity. And that's why you can't make ultimately can't make too many excuses. Every team can, has a story. If only this had happened, if that yeah. didn't happen, whatever. But the bottom line is that it did, and they've got to figure out this offseason. I think beyond the quarterback, what are they? They got to, I mean, maybe right. what's your identity moving forward? I mean, I know we, we all thought we thought it was, but it wasn't. You know, the de- big defense. You know, you know, offense is is going to you know be you know kind of a game manager situation with the with the guy behind center who's got some some playmaking ability which they do, you know, they have had a little bit of that, but yeah, I mean, again, they got upgraded that position. They got upgraded linebacker. I mean, they, there's, you know, there's a lot of areas still that, that need to be, that need to be looked at. I'm, I'm not one of these people that thinks they should waste a first round pick on a wide receiver though. I mean, I, I think that's who ridiculous. says that I, I could have sworn. I heard that the other day on one of the radio stations. I was a shocked. host or a caller. I think it was a host. Oh no. Well, you, you're going to have to, after we're done, tell me who that was. Cause that person will not be allowed on this podcast. Now, granted, probably somebody who's been on this podcast and I have a problem, but no, I mean, I, somebody brought that up to me or, or on the, on the radio today about like the idea of like, yes, they need, they, they didn't have enough receiver this year. Well, they signed Curtis Samuel. I can't help yeah. it. I mean, he's hurt. I mean, they did right. sign the guy. You're not going to then go sign somebody else on top of it. That's, I mean, you know, whatever, yeah. but that's a whole other, we're not going to talk about him today. We, we, no. we talked about him enough he's not that relevant don't talk um, about the people that don't play <laughs> right all right so uh, some other things from rivera he said that there were mris going on for william jackson who left uh and let the game last night didn't return and landon collins who, who, who had yep. a foot issue but came back um while we were doing this uh, ian rapaport tweeted that jackson has an achilles sprain mm. as opposed to a tear so right. obviously that's a huge difference and hopefully that's the case for all involved mri pending so we'll right. see, but if it's Achilles, anything, you know, that yeah. could easily mean no Jackson right. this week. Now I think Kendall Fuller, if I have the dates right in my head should be back. You have to quarantine for 10 or be in isolation or whatever for 10 days. He should time out at a minimum before the Dallas game, I think. So he would be back. I think I'm right on that mm-hmm. math. I don't know yeah. That, that's probably. the guy they need back. They need him back for sure. Um, yeah. By the way, my, my, my favorite bit right now, is it's been for a few weeks is what's it going to take for them to use Troy Apke at cornerback. And it keeps, <laughs> like it keeps the bar keeps getting lower at the point last night. We had no William Jackson, no Kendall Fuller, Daryl Roberts, who had played zero defensive snaps on the year, right. played every single snap last night. Uh, Danny Johnson's the slot guy. They were playing Corin elder who had been inactive for several games. Hadn't played corner either. He played ahead of Apke at some point here. It's uh, it's it's just getting hilarious uh, that uh, you know the, the, that he's not playing. Um, but you know, look, I mean, it is what it is on that on that uh, on that front. What else from Rivera today that that stood out? Um, 
you know, he obviously said he'd be very disappointed if they don't make the playoffs, you know, fine. It depends like, like what, which part of the fan base you talk to. There's the part that never wanted them to make the playoffs in the first place, <laughs> but then they're going to be mad because they weren't bad enough. Right. <laughs> well, that is the thing, right. When they started winning the game, they're like, well, this feels like the worst of all. I mean, yeah. Depends yeah. You look at it. I guess if you make the playoffs, yeah. whatever, yeah. but like, you know, I mean, this is a year with the, if the, if we're focusing on the draft and the quarterback picking yeah. lower is not necessarily the worst thing, but at the same point, yeah. I mean, if they win, you know, one more of these games, get seven and 10, um, if that's where they finish, that's not going to be good enough to have a top, you know, five to eight pick. On the other hand, yeah. You know, also don't Although, you know, again, everybody's not, says this isn't a quarterback draft anyway. And, you know, don't, don't go crazy. Of course, the people will anyway, because that's what always happens. Well, that, that is exactly, that is exactly what, 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 uh, what happens. Um, so it's a short week here, Dallas on Sunday. No, 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 no rest for the weary. Rivera did say they gave, they gave the players off today and effectively a walkthrough Thursday and some version of that on Friday to get ready for this thing. We'll, we'll see what players are available. But like I said, presumably Heineke or Allen will start, I would think, uh, Sunday against Dallas. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I can feel myself being like, all right, well, let's look ahead to the off season more, but I don't want to do that because look, they still can, you know, it's not inconceivable that they can, they can figure some things out. It's just becoming harder, harder to see it, especially when, you know, we don't even know who's going to be available in certain spots. I, I, uh, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's just, it's just a uh, wild to see it. Let me ask you this question. Antonio Gibson, we, we talked about the toe. Ron Rivera said today that he thought Gibson's biggest issue at this point is the fumbling, which it seems like a reasonable thing. He was, a you know, I, I feel like when we talk about their offseason needs, as good as J.D. McKissick is, I think they need to get another running back who can run up the middle because every time that Gibson is limited, their offense basically seems to fall apart. And I don't yeah. think even if McKissick was there, he wouldn't be the guy you could just say, here, we're going to give you the ball, you know, running the ball, you know, 10 to 15 times up the middle kind of thing. I feel like they're going to, in a very low key, subtle thing. It's not so much that they have to have a decision on Gibson, who obviously is very good, but between all the injuries, everything else, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe they almost have to get another running back in here next year. This is an incredibly irrelevant point for this moment well, or, or let patterson just lose and see what he can do i mean that's hard to get a feel for the guy gets like three carries a game you know what i mean yeah i mean i, I guess i guess that's i guess that's the thing scott i think it's because my brain's starting to shut off after literally two hours of sleep over the last uh, <laughs> couple of days you, you're, you're you're a guy who can think fast on his feet is there any topic that we haven't gotten to if we we're doing the radio i said scott what do you want to talk wow. about is there anything um, else that we need to discuss or should i just let you go I, you know, at this point, unless you're a COVID doctor, you really don't have a whole lot to add, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so was there anybody who a lot of off season stuff? A lot of off season stuff. Was there anybody who impressed you last night? I mean, I I haven't watched back, watched back. I mean, Collins. I think Landon Collins was good. Although, you know, you could say the play get the interception on. He was actually getting beat, but you know, anyway, it was a heads up play on his part. Sure. Um, I you know, and then the fumble recovery. I mean, I think he did some good things again, and he's showing he's so back. I guess that's a topic. I mean. Do you, is he worth keeping next year? Well, it's a good one. I, I, I discussed this on the previous podcast. I, I kind of feel like had, he is. I had Galdi on. We, we were discussing, like, at least, yeah. like, Landon Collins and Taylor Heineke have both done enough this year to change yeah. the conversation about them from, yeah. you know, kind of moving on to, eh, maybe maybe they should be kept in some, right. in some capacity. I, I still go back to, 
whatever credit I want to give the, the, the coaches for, for getting a little bit of a turnaround, not yesterday with standing, of course. I, I blame them for this slow start. It just feels like they were yeah. so beholden to Landon Collins' pride. I mean, I keep going back to Cam Curl, who was, an, who was another stock up for me this week while not playing because of what Dallas Goddard was doing in the passing yeah. game and what they were able to do on the round on the ground, how valuable it is. He played less than 50% of the snaps in the opener against the chargers and didn't top. I, I think didn't get to 90% or maybe even 80% until like week five or six. I don't know what they were doing there other than just, they couldn't felt they could not disrupt Landon Collins, but once they did, everything has been better across the board. And I just wonder what the world would look like if they just out of the jump made a move that by the way, all of us dummies on the outside were said yeah. all off season. Hey, maybe Landon Collins should not play deep safety ever again. Yeah, he's he's not. That's not his position. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever. I, I agree. And then, um, yeah, that was frustrating. And then the way you know the whole Jamie Davis, you know, I mean, just they should have played him more in the preseason. I mean, they should just let him go play freaking all four quarters if he needed that kind of experience. Because um, you're seeing now, you know, he's still behind, um, even though he just you know at times flashes, but it's still not enough. And, and that's the other thing. I'm like. Here you got linebacker head coach, you got linebacker D coordinator, and he came in the season at lightest position, linebacker. Weird. Never understood it. Yeah. Apparently somebody is showing on Twitter that last night there's a, a screenshot of Ron Rivera and Sirianni shaking hands. It looks to me like Sirianni is wearing they're both wearing gloves. So mm -hmm. yeah. And they're both wearing masks. Ah. So I'm not really sure the yeah. big deal there, but okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, we'll deal, we'll deal with that. Four doctors. Um, <laughs> Did Aaron Rodgers oppose to that by chance? Uh, well, I don't, maybe maybe Rodgers can show Gibson his toe and they can compare injuries um, on that front. Um, all right. Any, anything else? That, well, what terrible job I'm doing here. I'm just exhausted. Uh, anything else we should discuss? Um, like I said, it just feels like I've, I've just reached the point, and this is where I was when I yeah. had the four-game losing. It's just like we can debate all these little things. They're important. But on some level, they feel just more interesting right now because the important topics, the ones I yeah, discussed, off season. And, yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, look, they can still win out. I'm not saying they can't. The division games, you never know how these games go. Yeah. They just played Dallas and Philly. They, at a minimum, they'll know what they're up against. And the Giants are clearly falling apart in their plan for for the future, which is you know probably yeah. what they should do. So you know who knows? You beat Dallas, we'll see. Right now, the long the odds are obviously pretty long. For that to happen, let alone yeah. I mean, if you don't win that game, then it's it's completely over. But yeah, if you win that game, it it, it keeps you. Yeah, it feels like you get a little oxygen, but I don't. You know, I don't know how much really really you have, but you do have some. Got it. All right. Well, Scott, look, Yeoman's work it always. I mean, Thanks, not buddy. only not only you bring in the uh, the insight, you 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 did it with short notice because I only hit you up a little <laughs> bit ago because that's that's typically what I do. Um, I'm I'm the most unprepared podcast host uh, around, especially on working on two hours sleep, but. Uh, go follow Scott on Twitter at Jackson Sports. Obviously, you know, check him out after every Washington uh, game. It'll be there Sunday after this one. Well, oh man, wait, are you there after Sunday after this one? It's a night game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, well, into the eve, early mornings, just like last night. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Wow. It's right. Two weeks in a row. Oh man, I gotta yeah. two yeah. weeks in a row. We're gonna have that. All right. Well, this next That's week's fun. even worse because at least a seven o'clock start meant I know got a lit felt like a little bit earlier. Um. All right. Anyway, Scott, you rule. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. All right. Many thanks to Scott Jackson for his time. Thanks to everybody here for checking out the podcast. Uh, we'll see where we go here for the rest of this week. It's obviously a quick turnaround week because of the game Sunday. So I'll, we'll see what I can do. But for now, Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. 